Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. How are you today, Morgan? I'm good. Yeah. Finals week. Finals week. How are you feeling about that? Fine. I submitted my one open note. I know. Open we're book, just... No time limit exam yeah, yesterday. Yeah, we're, we're so, like... We don't have anything oh, no, I think going I on. Like on Sunday. And then like yeah. the next thing I have due is a project due on Friday that mm-hmm. I will probably do like Thursday, Thursday. night. Yeah. Wednesday, I have Wednesday or Thursday. The only thing I have left to do is I have to write a paper, but I'm going to write that the night before yeah. and we're just going to submit it. And that's going to be that. And that's going to be that. So What's absolutely. I've never heard of her. Oh no. The fat. Okay. <laughs> the professors that listen to this podcast are literally going to shake in their boots when I say this. I literally don't remember the last time I proofread <laughs> one of my papers. Absolutely ever. I never do it. And I know that's terrible because I literally write for our student newspaper. <laughs> I don't proofread my papers. I don't proofread the articles I write. That's what editors are for. Okay? And, like, I understand it's, like, my grade. But I'm doing all right so far. <laughs> Got one more year. See, exactly. see if it'll carry you for one more year. Exactly. But, yeah, um, a life updates. Let's see. Oh, I did want to give a quick life update because I did talk about the fact that I was, like, going to Philly last weekend oh. and, like, going to see Lizzie <laughs> McAlpine and, like, doing all that. None of that happened. <laughs> um, and it is, I, all thanks, well, yeah, all thanks to American Airlines. They canceled every flight going into Philly. Everything was delayed. Flights canceled. I was in the airport pretty much all day on Friday. And Morgan actually ended up saving me from said airport. I did. I drove um, in the rain like a brave little girl. <laughs> and then we went to get food and it was all amazing. But yeah, my weekend plans were absolutely demolished and I hated every second of that. So I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, I'm going to silence for you. Thank you. <laughs> we have a lot of pop culture news to get into. So yeah. let's just go ahead and get into it. First of all, again, I guess just another life update about me. I'm reading Happy Place, but I wanted to discuss because Please. we are Emily Henry we loyalists. Are, yes. It's so good. Everyone like that I have seen on TikTok talking about this book has been like, this book has changed my life. Bestie, I'm not even done with it, and it's already changing my life. Like, I've literally stopped at least four times. <sighs> I really want to get it. It is so good. It is probably going to dethrone Beach Read as my favorite. Dang. And that is big for me. <laughs> big news for me. Because Beach Read has been my favorite Emily Henry book for years. Like, she has three yeah. other books. It might, it's probably going to dethrone it. Like, wow. that. that's how much I love it. That's how much I love it. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. That little perfect. snippet that you sent me, that picture, like... I literally sobbed, and that was on page three. That was on page three. I love it so much. Emily, I love Emily it so Henry's much. Emily a hard hitter. Yeah, she is. She absolutely she is. She comes for you. Highly recommend Happy Place to anybody who's listening. We also have not talked about this yet. Okay. I wasn't sure because I know we talked about Ballad of Songbird. We talked about Song- the movie. Yeah. But since then, the Ballad of Songbird and Snakes trailer has come out. And I am like so ridiculously excited for this movie. Eating it up. I ne- Also, I need to read the book like yesterday. Yeah. Like, like I need to go get the book literally right now. <laughs> Let's go after yeah. we record. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The trailer immediately immediately took me back to my hunger games phase oh yeah immediately yeah like it had the energy it it is already understanding it's, exactly it, what it's, supposed it's understanding to do. the assignment it's following the route of the actors heard take five but or they said take five but the actors heard change lives and that's what they're doing and <laughs> rachel zegler's going to eat. eat it up oh my god eat it up she's gonna be so good i love her so much and the fact that she has been in like three of the biggest movie franchises she was in west side story I, yeah the first movie of her career being in a which, steven spielberg movie like amazing insane. and then she was in shazam oh right okay and now and she's now joining the hunger games universe like who is doing it like her? Who's doing it like her? Can we talk her? about the guy that they cast to play Young Snow? The yeah. casting in this movie is insane. So good. Because the guy that plays Young Snow, obviously doesn't look exactly like Donald Sutherland, but like has no, the but eyes, absolutely. has like the, the bone structure. Yeah. And then um, Jason Schwartzman yes. playing Lucky Flickerman, which ties, into our, about which ties into our topic today. Very true. Nepotism in the Hunger Games universe. Yeah. But, um, looks just, just like, like Stanley, Stanley Tucci, Tucci. Absolutely. to the point where I watched the trailer and was like so okay with them casting him. And I was like, yeah, duh, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yes. I thought maybe he like changed his name at some point. Like he stopped going by Lucky and started like, right. I was like, I was like justifying it in my head. I was like, yeah, duh. Sure. <laughs> I am so excited. I need to read this book I'm immediately. so excited. 
I am just so intrigued to see the dynamic and how the Hunger Games started. I think it's going to be it's going to be such an interesting prequel. Oh, definitely. And yeah, you know it's gonna be good when the TikTokers are making edits to like radioactive uh, and like, like old, old Lord songs. Yes, you know it's gonna be good. Just like the good old days. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can't wait. And if this is any indication of how good the movie is, just based on that trailer, like it's going to be. And iconic. I mean, star-studded cast too: Peter Dinklage, mm-hmm. um, I that mean, I guess sa- Jason Schwartzman, and yeah. then um, Viola Davis is in it. Oh shit! She's she like, is. Yeah, like she's in the. Be- I like, totally yeah, forgot. Yeah, that's Viola Davis. Like, I totally no, you're right. Hunter you're Schaefer. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, absolutely. Jason Schwartzman. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's got a pretty good cast. Yeah, I'm very. I'm. So excited. So excited. So. I think it it comes out in November, so so I literally can't wait. Countdown. another big movie franchise. Apparently, there's rumors of a Mamma Mia 3. And I I saw this this morning on Twitter. It was just like one of those like pop culture accounts talking about it. And they quoted someone. I don't really remember. So I like I don't know how true this is, but they said like rumors of a. Cause oh, cause the quote was something like, "I'm not saying this needs to be a trilogy or something sure. like, or something like that." Was the quote? So who knows? I I, mean, I haven't I would, heard I haven't heard anything about. I that. would love to see another Mamma Mia movie. Yeah, and I think the cast would all do it. They all love making those movies. So yeah, because I also want to be drunk on an island in the Mediterranean singing ABBA songs. Like, come on! Like, what? Nothing sounds wrong about that to me. That sounds like sounds amazing. Sign me up. Exactly. I'll, I'll do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Amanda Seyfried doesn't want to do it. I'll play Sophie. Let's go. <laughs> oh, exactly. We'll, like, jump back in time for this one. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I would love another Mamma Mia. I love those movies. So, amazing. Well, we got to give our weekly m- Aeros Tour updates. updates. And this one hurts. hurts. Hurts deeply. So, this past week, she was in Atlanta, Georgia. Three shows. Three shows. Night one, she hits us with other the other side of the door and Coney Island. Like... The fact a pairing I didn't know I needed. No, but, but the fact that I missed the other side of the door mm-hmm. will criminal haunt me for the rest of my days. Criminal. The rest of my days. Night two, it was April 29th, so obviously she did high infidelity and she also did gorgeous. Little less upset about those. Yeah. But still hurts. And she also appa- that, Gorgeous was her first rep song. Yes, I did know that. Um she was also also, apparently, she messed up doing both of them. So she, she said, yeah, like, I know she definitely messed up doing gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, High Infidelity is Midnight. So yes. she do that one however many times she wants. And then Night Three. I actually don't want to talk about it. <laughs> my downfall. Listen, I was watching a live, live stream, stream because one of my friends was there, and Taylor's introducing her first surprise song. And she says something like, yeah, and I've just after I perform, I just stay up so late, and I look at the I look at the clock, and it's three a.m. And I said, I no, no. I, I said no, unwell. Nope. I threw my phone across the room. <laughs> I said absolutely not, and she started singing. I bet you think about me, and it was the worst moment of my life. As a certified red girly, as I have said ad nauseum, yeah. This one really, really came because now we've had sad, treacherous, my number one favorite Taylor Swift song of all time, sad, beautiful, tragic. And now I bet you think about me. And it was her first vault song. Yeah, it was her first vault song. I love that song. That, like, that song be- is ever. That song like, is okay. Also, aside from Miles Teller being yeah. in the music video, <laughs> right? That song is everything it's to me. So good. It was probably this track like, of the century. It was probably like top of my list of songs that I wanted to be my surprise oh, song. Yeah. I bet you think about me. Absolutely. Also, I definitely thought she was waiting till Nashville and she was going to bring out Chris Stapleton. That would have been so iconic. I think everyone thought that. Yeah. Like everyone just assumed that's what she was going to do. I I can't get over. It. I'm gonna be sad forever. Oh, and the other song she did was how you, how get, you get the girl. girl. Not as sad about that. Not as sad. Still a little sad, but of not. course it's a cute little bop. But like, Is that her I first bet- 1989, 1989 song. Wonderland. 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 Yeah. Um. Yeah. That absolutely crushed me, and Can I we? will be sad forever. Forever. What are your like dream surprise songs for your show? Well, she's done them. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> she's done them. <laughs> well, as a certified red girly. <laughs> She's done. Tre- Treasures being my favorite Taylor Swift song of all time. I, I will say that, though, but out of the ones that you can choose, <laughs> um, 
I would really like to hear you're on your own, kid. Yeah. And so when I saw her on her reputation tour, she did State of Grace as her surprise song. And so if I kind of, if I got to hear it again. That would be so cute. Full circle. Yeah. I would not be upset. Yeah. This love. Mm. That would be a good one. That's cute. Ivy, has she done Ivy yet? No, No. but she's saving that for me. (laughs) (laughs) She's saving that for me. Ivy. Okay. On my graduation cap, mm-hmm. I want to put, long story short, I survived. That's cute. From long story short. Er, yeah, that'd be cute. So I would really like to hear that one as well. Mm-hmm. But, I mean. Yeah. Personal. False God. Oh, yeah. false God. Yeah, fire. <laughs> That's a great choice. Thank great you. choice. I would love to hear anything from Speak Now. Preferably. Yeah. If I got back to December, like, literally I'd cease to exist on this planet. Story of Us. Story of Us. I would love Story of Us. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anything from Speak Now, honestly, or Ivy. I need to hear Ivy. I need it. And inject it into my veins. (laughs) Not kidding. Also, just because my friend went to night one and got the other side of the door, I want to get right where you left me. So that oh she, my so that, god! So yes. that she can understand my pain, because that's what she wants. That song would be so good. <laughs> right. That song would be. I would also love to hear the lakes. So true. That'd be great. I yeah. wonder if she'll ever do hits different as a surprise song. Probably, Probably not. not. She likes to act like that song just isn't real, doesn't exist. No. Maybe all the girls you loved before. <gasps> that would be a fun I, one too. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be okay with that. I'd be cute. That'd be I cute. I will say this. I saw I heard on TikTok an acoustic cover of me that was like more yeah. down tempo. I kind of I kind of like it. I I kind of liked it. If she did it like that, yeah, I wouldn't I would be, be mad. mad about it. No, absolutely not. Especially if she followed it up with another banger. I agree. I agree. Well, next <laughs> we literally have to talk about this because then I woke up to this the morning after like the worst day ever when I was at the airport all day and I honestly just think the universe did this for me it's just a little treat for you it just did this for me a little "Mm, we're sorry exactly exactly (laughs) um so this weekend there was news that Bella Ramsey was in California and then we figured out that it was because they were doing a type of screening event for the Emmys where they were basically pulling executives and producers and everyone into a room who usually has a say in the Emmy nominations and showing them episodes. So Bella and Pedro reunited for the first time in a very long time. And thank God, (laughs) literally, thank God. I know you were so excited about that. I actually was so excited and Bella looked amazing. And so did Pedro. He was wearing a robe, but that's okay. That's okay. He can kind of do whatever he wants, I guess. That's all right. They can do whatever they want. So anyway, all right. We gotta get to get into it. Because last night was the Met Gala. Last night was the a Met Gala. Lot to talk about with that one. Literally so much to talk about. First of all, we have to talk about the theme because obviously at every Met Gala there is a theme. This year's theme was honoring the designer Carl Lagerfield. It was called A Line of Beauty. Apparently he is a German designer that died in 2019. Yeah, um, he was the creative director for Chanel. Yes. For a while. Yes. And so, yeah, big influential guy, kind of problematic. I was going to say that. And that, we will talk about it through each person, but I actually have found out later that it influenced a lot of different people's choices of what they wore. Fascinating. Yes. Yes. I also know this is why a lot of people chose to not attend. I was going to say. Specifically our Met Gala queen, Blake Lively. I felt like this, I almost said cast, this like attendance. Yeah. Kind of scant. Could have done better. Yeah. But, I mean, knowing it was because people were kind of yeah. upset that people were supporting Carl There were definitely Waterfall. a ton of new faces, yeah, I will say. Yeah, a lot of new faces I feel like they definitely, they definitely went for the vibe of, like, current celebrities mm-hmm. in today's age rather than, like, the classics. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was definitely an interesting mix of people. But, yeah, a lot of people were not there that usually attend. So that was definitely interesting. I think we should just go through a couple of our – favorites are best dressed Dua Lipa Dua Lipa killed it absolutely and I have and I have never ever in my life ever expected to say like I was really impressed by something Dua Lipa did I like I like Dua Lipa she do, looked do not get me wrong amazing but she killed this she looked amazing as like one of Carl's brides which yeah. if for, okay people that don't know Carl's they, ha- they called them Carl's Brides. They were kind of like his muses, and they mm-hmm. always walked at the very, very end of his shows. Yes. And she was wearing a dress. I don't know if it was an original or if it was inspired Replica. by, but she was wearing, like, one of the muses, like, yeah. bride dresses. Yeah. And she 
eight. She looked I like ethereal. Audibly gasped. She looked when so I saw good. her. So many times, different people who were on this carpet, I think absolutely killed it. Bella Ramsey was there, and that was literally the best moment of my life. Um <laughs> the week leading up to this, there had been rumors that Bella was gonna be there, but everyone was just like, there's no way. Like they won't go to the Met. They went. They went to the Met. And it was literally everything. They looked so good. So good. I yeah, I like I really Especially really Especially for fit. being like their first, first big met. their first big event like this. Absolutely slayed. It was exactly what I pictured them to wear. And yes. they, they killed it. They killed it. They killed it. I love them so much. I hope they had fun. Um <laughs> I hope they had fun too. Anne Hathaway. Eight. Mother. Mother. Mom. Mom. <laughs> Jessica Chastain. Mom. Mom. So good. The the sunglasses? The sunglasses. Her hair. The 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 everything. The, she's everything she's to me. Jessica Chastain is so important to me. She actually is. She's so important to me. She is literally she everything to me. Kiki Palmer too. Oh looked my so good. god. The blue cape. I love her. I love her. Everything about that was perfect. Suki Waterhouse. No, because this this actually was everything to me because the pictures of her and Robert Pattinson were the perfect definition of she's everything and he's just Ken. <laughs> you're so right. Because oh my god, she so- looked like an ethereal garden princess. Yeah, yeah. And he was just there. Just a man in a black suit. Men, I texted I, I think, texted Haley this. I think he was wearing blue. I'm going to give okay. him the benefit of the doubt, but he was still just wearing a basic suit. Like, it wasn't anything important. And I'm going to reiterate what I texted you last night. Men should not be allowed no. at the Met Gala. No. If if they need to have, like, extra security at the Met Gala, yeah. that is, if a man shows up in the world's blandest black tux, they get turned away. Exactly. I'm tired. I completely I'm agree tired. with you. I'm tired. I think the only man who was allowed in that building was Taika Waititi. Did you see him and Rita Ora? Yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. My God, they ate. Rita Ora's manicure. Yeah, like how it was attached to her dress. That kind of would have made me claustrophobic. I'm not gonna lie. I love Taika Waititi. He's everything. I also saw something that's. It was a picture of like what Phoebe Bridgers was wearing, Mm -hmm. and it was. It was. Um, this is what the girl who take who took Tumblr too seriously in high school wears to prom. Oh, but she looked. She she looked looked amazing. Oh my God, that's that is not me. judging her. That is. I mean, it's the truth. But again, she looked. Amazing. Face card never declines. Outfit card never declines. The way she described like her take on wearing like a skeleton a skeleton suit because that's usually like her Her brand. You know, she always wears like skeleton outfits. And this was like such a modern classic Met Gala version of like what she already feels comfortable in. I'm I'm obsessed with her. I'm absolutely obsessed with her. We have to talk about Viola Davis. Yes, we do. Did you see her pink outfit? Oh, I saw the pink. Okay. So but I don't use you, you are saying there's a story behind it and I do not know the there story. There is a story behind so it and me. that is why this is where I was getting at with a lot of people who showed up were kind of like rebelling against the, the theme because of how problematic Carl was. So Carl Lagerfield famously said that he hated the color pink and hated like oh. neon pink in designs. So Viola Davis shows up wearing a bright pink dress. Good for her. Good for, Good her. for her. Good for her. Anything Viola, Viola anything Viola Davis does I literally, she could smack me across the face and hit me with a car. And I would say, thank you. And I'd be like, thank you, Viola Davis. Yeah. Come again. I will say, not like on this exact same token, but yeah. I, there were a lot of really similar outfits this year. Yes. Which I mean, I get is, yeah. you're going to run into that when you're like doing stuff inspired by a designer, yeah, especially I someone agree. like Carl Lagerfeld, who had such a specific look. Mm-hmm. was a little disappointed though. I feel like there was definitely, I wanted to see, there were a couple people that did it. Dua Lipa's dress. Kiki Palmer, um, Emma Chamberlain, her, when she, she looked when great. she walked the carpet, not when yeah. she was interviewing. And there was one other person that kind of did that classic Chanel tweed. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to see a lot more of that for yeah. this um, for this particular theme, and I'm just kind of sad that we didn't see as much of it. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Understood. Got, got a little. Because I mean, two yeah. people showing up in the same dress oh in different God. colors. Yeah, Olivia Wilde and Margaret and- Zhang. Mm-hmm. 
Like, how does that happen? It is yeah, the right. Met Gala. No, exactly. Exactly. It is the Met Gala. Yeah, I know. Now, if like, that and now if that was some sort of, like, fuck you to Carl Lagerfeld. Sure. Love it. Right, 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 oh, right. Yeah. right. Eating it up. Eating it up. Absolutely. Forget anything I said. Yeah. Someone, I think, no, no. Someone should have showed up in sweatpants. Right. Because he very this famously. Was, this was the year that Timothy Chalamet should have shown up in sweatpants <laughs> instead of a couple years ago, sir. Um... <laughs> Someone I will should, say, someone should have done yeah, that. like on that same note, like Gigi Hadid and Margot Robbie were wearing very similar, like black tulle and, dresses. And lots of the cutout on yes. the side. Yes. Yeah. But. I felt like, like Gigi and Margot are stunning mm-hmm. women. I felt like something was missing from their looks. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but something was like not there. Maybe it was like a lack of jewelry, something like that. I'm not sure. I noticed that too. Very few people yeah. have like necklaces or jewelry on this yeah. year. Um, and usually yeah. that's like kind of a big deal. And I love how we're sitting here critiquing this as I am currently in old Navy and running shorts and a Joe Cool <laughs> Red Cross t-shirt and but my Birkenstocks. My favorite, thi- <laughs> my favorite thing specifically about the Met Gala is knowing next to nothing about like fashion and like things that people wear on carpets and just acting like I do and getting on my high horse and being like amazing, terrible. You know? Yeah. It's my favorite thing. Did you see Camilla Marone? Oh, I saw Camilla Marone. I was obsessed with it. It looked so good. And I feel like people were not. Like everyone was saying she looked like a doily. She was beautiful, wonderful, impeccable. Princess. Princess. Obsessed with she, her. She literally she is a princess. Amazing. She looked I, ethereal. I love her so much. Zendaya I do, also slayed. Also slayed. Absolutely. I do have thoughts about Olivia Rodrigo, but I would like to hear yours first. I liked, I'm not in love with it. Yeah. I liked it. I liked the little baby bang homage to Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Thought that was thought that was cute. Thought that was sweet. Was it perfect? No. But right. I enjoyed it. I think... Something with Olivia's team, because I think I heard that her stylist switched. So like when she released her first album, she had a different stylist than she does now. I think whoever is styling her now, like is trying to make her look like a 30 year old and she's 19. She's 19. That kind of That's kind of a trend right now, though, because I mean, if we talk about Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. She looks 30 yeah. constantly. Right. Like, and like, obviously, like you are an adult. You're 19. I understand that. Like. Whatever. But I just feel like she looks too old for her yeah. age. Like there's a there's a good balance between not looking young, like not like playing into the fact that you're young, but also like not looking like a thirty year no, old. No, I get I like, get what go, you're saying. Like going with the trends of your generation. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I know, I understand that. Yeah. Also I hated Amanda Cypress. <laughs> Sorry. I was not in love with her hair. Yeah, I actually loved her hair. Oh, the top I, half of her was what I loved. Oh, no. I hated how short it was. I loved it. She was eating. I, but I also will. I love her. I mean, so. yeah, me too. I also love her. We also have to talk about Florence Pugh. Listen, Florence Pugh is a goddess to me. Yeah. She is one of the most stunning women I have literally ever seen. She shaved her head. She debuted her shaved head on the carpet last night. She's stunning. I saw someone predicted on TikTok and I like went back to look at the comments and they were like, this did not age well. Or like, why did you manifest this? I love it. Oh, I know. I love it too. I I think she looks for the buzz cut. I think she looks so good. She She can pull off anything that she ever does. Like I literally think she looks amazing. With that being said, she looked like she could have been on a Hunger Games set and like lived in the Capitol. Yeah. The head. What was the headpiece? The headpiece was a little much. I didn't, I didn't understand the headpiece. I didn't understand it. But again, do what you want, Something. Queen. I don't know anything about fashion. <laughs> Lastly, another story behind this outfit. We have to talk about Pedro. I saw this on Twitter earlier and I saved it so that we could talk about it on the pod about his outfit because <laughs> Pedro Pascal showed up wearing shorts. shorts. He was wearing shorts and like a red trench coat, knee high socks, black heeled boots. Carl Lagerfeld famously said in an interview with M Magazine, he shares his aversion to flip-flops, his views on socks. I like socks, but only up to the knee. I hate nothing more than when men cross their legs and you see hairy legs, socks, and pants. The worst. (laughs) So basically, Pedro's outfit was just like a big F you to that. that. And I love it. I love it. When I first saw Pedro's look, I was like, oh, baby. A little worried. Oh, baby. 
Oh, no. A little worried. But now I'm obsessed with it. And we do have to talk about two other very odd looks from the evening. Doja Cat. Jail. She really committed to that bit, though. I love that. only responding in meows. I love that she committed to the bit, but babes, you are one of the most stunning women. Yeah. Like, you could have done anything, and that's what your choice was. Jared, Jared Leto, Leto the cat suit. Who keeps inviting him? Who keeps what inviting was with him? The cats. I don't get the cats. Well, he had a cat. Car- <laughs> <laughs> so they that's were like, not special. No, so many people. I have cats. <laughs> right. Like, like, like owning a cat is so normal. Now, yeah. now, if he owned like a, a million, like uh, five. <laughs> Ten cats. cats or an yeah. exotic bird sure. or maybe illegally owned an exotic animal yeah. and you showed up like that. Sure. Right. A house cat, a Who house cares? cat. Yeah. No, okay. definitely. Okay. Definitely. Oh, well, that was this year's talk on the Met. So I love talking about fashion and things I literally know nothing about. It's fun to get on your high horse and be a contrarian. Exactly. But I, if there's one thing I do love, it's having an opinion. As one of my favorite people on TikTok, Eli Rallo, always says. Oh my God, I love her. How have we never talked about this? I love her. I love her. But as she always says, uh, I have opinions, you have ears. Yeah. I can't wait to read her book. I'm so excited. Oh my God, I can't wait. Before we get into our topic, we also have to talk about something very important happening right now in the entertainment industry. The Writers Guild of America just went on strike. Literally today. Time literally in today. Fifteen years. Fifteen years. As we're talking about it, they just went on strike for the first time in fifteen years. And I do have a source of exactly what the strike is about. So let me read. What is the WGA strike about? In the age of streaming, one of the main sources of income for writers, residuals in new media formats, has almost completely disappeared. Residual income in television comes from shows and movies. When they are rerun after airing, released online or via DVDs and Blu-rays, or syndicated via a network. Residuals have faced a steady decline over the past decade, especially for television writers compounded by streaming services who, on average, pay out lower than network residuals. The removal of shows from streaming services entirely means that no residuals are paid out at all. What used to be a cornerstone of writers' income has turned into an unsafe and unsustainable gamble. Additionally, like many industries, film and TV writers are relatively constrained to a couple key locations, Los Angeles and New York City, which are not exactly the cheapest places to live. According to the WGA, more and more writers are working at the minimum salary requirement for their positions. Um, was saying, like, she, I mean, she, she kind of started out, like, the way that she started it was a little weird. She's like, I just think it's ridiculous. But then she was saying that it, yeah. it, on, on, like, the network side, like she not the writers. she was just confused side. about why, why they they're not getting paid. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and like why that she people think they shouldn't get paid and yeah. stuff like that. And it's just it's great seeing people back it up because I think in the entertainment industry, you see more of an overlap of people kind of understanding what different in front of the camera, behind the camera, you see a lot more mm-hmm. marriage of all those. I mean, just like you said, like so many people started as writers on SNL and yeah. stuff like that and then transitioned to being in front of the camera right. or have worked as in front of the camera for a little bit and then decided to start writing at some point. And I think you just see like a better marriage of stuff like that. Yeah. I also just think it's so influential to see so many actors and so many people who are doing the work that the writers are creating Mm -hmm. for them. I think it's so important to see them standing up for their writers. Absolutely. That is so important. That is inevitably what's going to create the change and actually Mm -hmm. get the ball rolling on things actually happening for them. So... Strike on, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And also, thing. I think it's so interesting. Like, finally, I feel like now we're really coming out of the years of the pandemic. And, like, everyone turned to media. Right. In the years of the pandemic. Absolutely. For comfort, for an escape. Yeah. What do you think was in charge of putting that stuff out there? Exactly. Like, getting that stuff out there. Like, why are we not yeah. like, respecting the people that are... Not discrediting the work that the people in front of the camera do whatsoever. Not at all. But there is so much. You don't much. have a show if you don't have no. if you don't have everyone you, else. You don't have a show if you don't have writers. You no. don't have a show if you don't have directors. You don't have a show if you don't have producers. You don't have a show if you don't have lighting. Or no, there's so many people on the production set that are involved in creating what we are viewing, and they are just as important as the people in front of the camera. They literally make sure everything works Happens. works properly. That I don't understand why that's so confusing to right? some people. That's just what it is. 
So, and I don't I, maybe I have like an extra bee in my bonnet bonnet about this because like I like want to be a writer. Absolutely. Not, maybe, not, maybe not even necessarily film and TV, but just like in yeah. general, and that, that's something that I do at some point in my life. Like I love to write. So I respect what these people do. Absolutely. And I respect the, I mean, as pop culture enthusiasts, as people who love movies and TV mm-hmm. shows, like we see. If you don't have good writing, it's, well, it think, doesn't okay, operate but, properly. Right, but think back to the last writer's strike, which was what, 2008? Yeah. Like, oh my God, 2008 was 15 years ago. That's weird. Yeah. Um, like you can see in those shows, like when the writer strike happened, because the, yeah. all of these odd, weird plot lines were yes. coming up, stuff that didn't make sense. People were scrambling to try mm-hmm. to keep their shows going. I was actually listening to the Drama Queens podcast mm-hmm. that the girls from One Tree Hill do, and they're at the point where the writer strike was going on, and they were like trying to piece together why production had stopped for so long, because like their show premiered later than it usually does. And they were like, oh, it was because of the writer's strike. Yeah. And then they went on a whole, like, talk about how that, like, deeply affected the production of their show. And, like, no one had a job yeah. <laughs> at that point. No one was working. Like, it affects the production of everything. everything. Like, everything gets pushed back because of this. But to no fault of the writers, absolutely no, do yeah. what you got to do. Do what you got to do. No. Get yeah, absolutely. There. Yeah. Well, just wanted to give a little shout out to our writers. We love you. Strike on. Strike on. If I was in New York or California, I'd, I'd be, be out there I'd with be, them. I'd be there with you. I'd be on the front <laughs> lines. I'd be there with you, baby, with my little sign. Absolutely. I, okay, speaking of, I love seeing protest and strike signs. And there was one that I saw that said, it said like, Something, something, something like pay us well or we'll spoil the ending of succession. LOL. <laughs> that is and I was so, like, that's so funny. funny. Oh, that's iconic. Because only a writer could yeah. make a sign that clever. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, get off, we'll get off our other high horse. Well, we're also, we're both professional writing minors. So yeah. we, we have a deep respect for yeah. English and writing, writing and journalism. And no and matter what it looks scripted like. Scripted writing and whatever. So, yeah. we'll, yeah, we're right there with you. Anyway. All right. Today, our topic is going to be so silly and fun. Talking about everyone's favorite topic. Nepo, Nepo babies. babies. So... This has been a kind of like newfound term. I would say in the last two yeah. ish, maybe three years. I also think it's definitely more like a term for our generation because yes. we've talked to several professors and they're like, "What is a nepo baby?" Or they're saying like, "Oh, I and just learned about yeah, this." And we like have to kind of explain the concept of them. So basically, a nepo baby is just anyone specifically based in the entertainment industry is what we're kind of going to be focusing on anyone based in the entertainment industry who who gets a leg up in their career based on who their parent is um I kind of sometimes it's not parents sometimes it might be a sibling or a cousin or an uncle or something we'll get into that later I know definitely an interesting thing to I think for the most part people usually look at parents yeah so I mean just kind of a list of some nepo babies i think the i think this list is pretty well-known nepo babies yeah so like maya hawk thurman uma thurman and ethan hawk and ethan hawk yeah uh jack quaid the son of meg ryan and uh dennis Dennis quaid Quaid. dakota johnson her parents Mm -hmm. are melanie griffith and don johnson maude Maude apatow Apatow, judd apatow Apatow and leslie Leslie man god love her (laughs) um and then nicholas cage is actually Nicholas Coppola. Okay. He is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola, as okay. is Jason Schwartzman. Okay. And I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I had learned that like tidbit of information a little while ago. And Nicholas Cage is like on record. He's like, yeah, I changed my, I like started going by, maybe Cage is his middle name. Yeah. And he's like, I decided to go by that to kind of separate myself from sure. my family to try to like do this on his own. You know, yeah. Kind of. Um, and I think, I don't know if Jason Schwartz, Schwartzman is going by a different name or if that is just his legal name. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jamie Lee Curtis. Also, I did know that. Also. Yep. Uh, her mother is Janet Lee. And if you don't know who that is, her mom is the actress in Psycho. Like, you know, shower mm-hmm. scene. Eh, mm-hmm. eh, eh. Like that is Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Yes. Lily Collins, daughter of Phil Collins. Yep. And then Maddie Healy. Is also a Nepo baby. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I didn't know his that. mom is a British comedian named Denise Welch. Mm-hmm. And then also apparently has like a famous uncle or godparent or something okay. who was somehow involved in like the production and writing of Flushed Away. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. recently on stage, he brought it up because people like often... 
Are you from? You, are you familiar yes. with, with the hit yes, I movie? Am. Flushed Away. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> People uh, have like brought up the resemblance between Maddie Healy and the Rat. I don't know his name, but LOL. like the main, yeah, yeah, the yeah. main one, the skinny uh-huh. one. Yep. And apparently, I don't. And again, I don't know if this is like Maddie Healy just like being Maddie Healy and sure. saying bullshit on stage, right? But his like family member who was involved in that movie, like, like that's hilarious. Be, like, Make him look like my. Oh, that's so funny. Family, other family member. That's so funny. Which I think, again, like, don't know how true that is. Yeah. Think it's funny. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, D- 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 uh, Denise Wells, Welch being his mom is definitely, a, I mean, a bigger deal if you're British and you, like, yeah. follow British comedy. Right. Um, and then Ben Platt. People got really mad about this one. I mean, one. famously. Yeah. Yeah, his dad is I, Mark Platt, who's a producer. Honestly, I didn't know this until the Dear Evan Hansen movie. I don't think a lot of people did. Yeah. Because then, because Mark... His dad was his dad the, was the, the producer, producer of the movie. <laughs> I don't. I never even actually watched this movie. I'm I gonna, haven't. Either. I'm gonna be so open and transparent. I didn't watch it because I didn't want to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really love the music from Dear Evan Hansen's. Oh, so. I love the oh, music. I don't. I don't love the story. I'm such. I'm such an asshole though. I'm like. <laughs> New musicals, they just they just don't make them like like I'm such an asshole about Please. stuff like that. I loved the music, and I think Ben was a perfect first Evan. He's got a great voice, babes. He's like thirty now. I know he's like got he, maybe even older. Yeah, he like, cannot, like the fact that they had to CGI his face. He's to not make a him seventeen year old, especially just because there's been so many Evans that are, that are the of the Andrew Barthelman. Andrew Barthelman, <laughs> and I will be on that horse until the day that I die. He should have played Evan in the movie. Anyway, um yeah, but he was cast in that because yeah. of his dad. And then um, another favorite, not really a resident Nepo baby on this podcast, Mrs. Haley Bieber. Oh yeah. Formerly yeah, Haley yeah, Baldwin yeah. of, you know, the of famous the ba- Baldwin. Of the Baldwin clan. But oh, the thing is, and I was saying this in class the other day. Yeah. She, like, She's not even Alex's daughter. Are, are, like, Alec Baldwin is arguably the most famous Duh. of them. Yes. She's not even his daughter. So I know. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how she got this leg up in, like, the Baldwin Truly, community. Yeah. Like, how did that happen? But also Gracie Abrams is J.J. Abrams' daughter. Yes. Which I didn't put the pieces together until... Very recently. Don't worry, because I we are Very going to talk recently. about some Nepo babies that I did not realize were Nepo babies, like, yeah. embarrassingly late. Because I've seen videos of people, like, at the Eras tour when she opened, like, yeah. finding out that she's a Nepo baby. Yeah. Did you know, we can get into that then, people that are not famously associated with their parents or whoever. Did you know that Kaya Gerber is Cindy Crawford's daughter? I did know that, actually. Okay. <laughs> I, I knew that, like, I found that out when she started dating Austin Butler. And I like was researching Kaya yeah, Gerber. And I was like, the, oh, oh yeah, Cindy Crawford. I think that's probably around the same time that I found it. But like, it's not like I learned it like in because re- there were a couple that I learned in research. Really? For okay, go on today, um, because I feel like some people. Well, okay, this got started when Sophia Richie got married ah. this past weekend, mm. and I did not realize that Sophia Richie is the daughter of Lionel Richie. Shaking my head. <laughs> Shaking my head. But also, my justification for this is is I have not I I don't know what Sophia Richie does. That's like, true. Like, I couldn't tell. Okay, you. okay. I, I know. Is she a singer? Is she a mu- like an actor? I think like, she's a model. A model. Okay, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I have never like cared to follow no. who she is. I I just kind of heard her name in passing in like entertainment stuff, just like by nature of like right. pop culture. Um. So. It, my first thought wasn't, oh my god, Richie, yeah, like, Lionel Richie's Richie. daughter. Like that was like, sure. and I, wa- thought, I, I, know I mean. wasn't gonna look her up because <laughs> why would you? Why would I? Because right. I don't care that much. No, it's fair. Um, it's fair. So that's one of the ones that I found out kind of embarrassingly yeah. late. Also, you found out about Kate Hudson on this podcast. I did find out about <laughs> Kate Hudson on this podcast. Yes, yes, yes. The fact that she's Goldie Hawn's daughter. daughter, which I, again, I feel like maybe there was somewhere up where here, you might have known it at one point where I might have known it at one point yeah. and just like didn't care because because why would you because why would I that's uh, fair <laughs> it's fair it's also like I'm uh, we are not from a generation where like Goldie right. Hawn was like no super big I honestly think I knew it because my parents knew it like, right they were yeah. they were Goldie Hawn's generation and they were like oh yeah like we knew who she was when she was having Kate so like obvious you know yeah like but we obviously like, knew that but, we but like wouldn't. why would we so why would and why yeah. would we care 
Correct. <clears throat> Correct. Um, yeah. So Charlie Hall, who's an actor on Sex Lives of College Girls. Yeah. I learned. I, this is one that I learned today. Is the son of Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Dreyfus. I did. I watched the Sex Lives of College Girls, so I did know that because I looked him up after, and well, I was I, like, Oh my I, god! I love Julia Louis Dreyfus. Like I yes. love her. So I'm like, How did I not know that she had? Yeah. Like a famous son, because yeah. also she was just on Conan's podcast. Yeah. And I listened to Conan's podcast all the time. And well, she was like talking about her kids and never once did she mention that she has like, <laughs> a kid in the industry. Well, going back a little bit, I found out about Jack Quaid when I watched his movie Plus One that came out in like 2019. Oh, it's really good if you haven't watched it. But I Googled him after. First of all, I did not know that Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid were married. Yeah. I did not know that. And so that was shock, shocking number one. And then to find out that they had a child, I was like, they have two kids together. I'm fairly certain. That is crazy to me. Crazy I, yeah, like, to I, me. Like, I don't think Jack is their only kid. Yeah. I know that they got divorced. Sure. Because how I learned this is because Dennis Quaid is in The Parent Trap. Yes. And for some reason, I was, like, watching The Parent Trap one night with my friends. Like, we were looking up the actors or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Dennis Quaid children, Jack Quaid. And yep. I was like, which makes sense. Like, how common of a last name is Quaid? And that's why I'm like, you didn't know that Sophia Richie was Lionel Richie's daughter. Okay, okay, okay. No, 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 no. If we, Richie? If, if we are talking about the likelihood of sharing last names, <laughs> I'm 100% gonna look at Quaid being weird before I'm looking at Richie. They're both equally weird. No, to they're me. not. Richie and but in Hollywood, I'm talking. How many times do you hear that last name in Hollywood? Once, <laughs> once. But I don't like. I don't. I just. It didn't seem that. Because also, like I said, like I'm not paying attention to Sophia Richie. I like, guess. Well, I guess if we're going by that, then like the whole Cyrus family is technically Nepo babies. Like Miley's te- technically a Nepo baby. Oh no, she 100 percent is yeah. because I mean her dad is. Billy, Billy Ray, Ray Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah. And like her whole shtick was music. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, and I think that brings like an interesting conversation of like, why are some Nepo babies like hated? Right. And why are some of them like it's true. loved so much? And I think some of it has to do with how long ago the parents were famous. Okay. So like, okay. so like with Goldie Hawn, mm-hmm. much more our parents' generation. Right. Um, People like millennial, like people around our age, millennials are like not gonna kind of have that same like connection. You just like, got famous yeah. off of Goldie okay. Hawn. Sure. Same with Jamie Lee Curtis. Like mm-hmm. unless your parents were alive in the fifties, right? Or whenever Psycho sixties when Psycho came out, like you're not gonna have that same association to the parents that we're gonna have with like, um, like the Apatows, like the Apatows, like Maude, yeah, yeah, or Haley Baldwin or stuff like right. that. Like it's gonna be a more direct connection. Yeah. And then, I That's mean, true. I personally, for me, I think the connection varies based on like me looking at the individual person and being like, okay, you are so talented and could you have gotten to this spot if yeah. you didn't have the last name that you did? Oh yeah. Like if you like, if yeah, you, you could. Like Miley Cyrus is insanely talented. Right. I'm sure that she could have gotten there even if her dad, dad wasn't, wasn't who Ray he Cyrus. was. Yeah. Or like Maude. Mm-hmm. I think she's so incredibly talented. She absolutely could have the career that she did if she didn't have her parents. Or like Maya Hawk. Yeah. I think she's so good. And she's also branching into like music. Like mm-hmm. she has her whole music career now. She's doing that all on, on her, her own. own. Like she's not doing that based on who her parents are. Yeah. So I just think it varies based on like are you talented enough to get where you are? Without who your because parents are, like, and yeah, and I feel there's also like nepo babies that people are very neutral on. Sure, like I mean, like Kate Hudson, like Dakota Johnson. I feel like people yeah. are pretty neutral about her. Definitely, um, Drew Barrymore is a nepo baby. Yeah. People, I think, tend to forget that one because mm-hmm. um, because also I think people hold a lot of sympathy for her as well. I, I mean, rightfully so. Rightfully, I so. would protect. That. I would jump in front of a bus for <laughs> Drew Barrymore. I actually, I absolutely I am would. Obsessed with Drew Barrymore's talk show. Me too. And the way Me did you too. watch her interview with? Brooke Shields. Yes, and I sobbed, sobbed the whole time. Because they grew up so, like, yeah. similarly. Yeah, like when she talked to Jeanette McCurdy, it was the same thing. Same thing, yeah. Same thing. I, I think she is absolutely killing it on her talk show. She was born, born to, do, to that. do this. Born to do this. Because she's so personable. And I she's agree. She's so genuine. I agree. <laughs> when she talked to Melanie Linsky and Jason Ritter about, like, his um, drug abuse and how. I don't think I I don't think I watched it, but you have to. Okay, you have to because it's so beautiful I'll and track, amazing. I'll track it down. It, I will send it to you after okay, this. It's do. absolutely 
amazing. But yeah, yeah no one's doing it like Drew right now. She's she's, she's killing, killing it. the game, killing it. Of I all, love her of so all much. of the like actors turned daytime talk show host, her and Kelly Clarkson, I think, are like. Yup. Killing the game. Yup. I completely agree. They just understand the format of what a reality talk show is supposed to be like, mm-hmm. specifically a daytime talk show. Um, and the way they just have such charismatic energy. And they both do. They yeah. both do. And they talk to their guests and ask them real questions and like truly just want to get to know who they are on a personal level yeah. instead of just following a rule book of like questions that so they're being have fed. Ask. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something I love so much because Drew, her show feels, I think Kelly's follows kind of the more traditional, like, I sit here, you sit there. Right. I ask questions, you respond. Whereas Drew, yeah. it's much more conversational because a lot of times she's like, she's like crossing oh up on the couch with them. Yeah, she's like getting up all, all in their over, business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Love for Drew Barrymore yeah. and, so, and Nepo Babies. Yeah, back Goodbye. to Nepo Babies. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think the contrast comes in to where it's like, okay, you're very obviously only here because of who your parents are. And I think that kind of gives the distasteful energy into the Nepo baby realm. It's also because, like, if if you are just famous because you are someone's kid, a little different than... Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're the... The daughter of an actor. Correct. So you are now well, also even an with actor. Like, we can talk about the Kardashians. Yeah, because yeah. Because I think this was their image for a while. I will say, I think the Kardashians are a social experiment. Like, let me oh, just put that out there. Yeah. I I completely think they are on, like, a whole nother level of, like, fame and pop culture. And they're just, like, floating around in their own little universe. And I think they have done so much wrong. Do not get me wrong when I say this. I don't understand the argument anymore of people saying, oh, well, what do they even do? Like, they, they well, cause all. Well, because, like, now they have their own little empire. They all have businesses. Kim's, like, going to law, law school. school. Like, she took the baby bar, and she's, like, getting her law degree. And, like, Kylie has a makeup line. Kim has skims. Kendall's a model. Oh. Like, they all have different things going on. So the argument can't be said anymore that, like, they don't do anything. Because they do. Right. And it might be insane to some people, and I understand that argument. I really do. They are so out of I mean, touch also, with reality. When they were still just reality TV show stars, there are other re- reality TV show stars out there that we did not give that same treatment to. A hundred percent. Like all of the housewives. A hundred percent. No one's ever said, "Well, what do they do?" I agree. They're on, they're, they're on the housewives of. Yeah, that's what they are. They're reality TV yeah, show stars. Exactly. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. I I completely stand by the argument that the Kardashians are so out of touch re- with reality and they've done so much wrong for the beauty standard and everything involved in that. I understand. But they have businesses. Yeah, they're, the, they're the, business argu- the argument is they're business a women. little invalid now. Yeah, absolutely. Today, back to, quickly, back to Nepo babies that I did not know were Nepo babies. Yes. Today, I did learn that Zoe Deutsch I didn't know that is either. the daughter of Leah Thompson. Also, I didn't know about Timothy Chalamet either. I no, because I didn't we know about that. Because we again talk about stuff like full, like full disclosure. Yeah. So many of these I learned in yeah, not that first list that I gave, but in right. the ones that we're kind of talking about now. Right. Uh, I mean, duh, in the section that we have dubbed yeah. Nepo babies, we didn't know we're Nepo <laughs> babies. I like I learned so many of them today. Yeah. Yeah. So on a pa- podcast, I said, "Is Timothy Chalamet a Nepo baby?" And you were yeah. like, "No," and I was like, "Yeah, checks out. Whatever." Yep. Just decided to look it up. And his mother is Nicole Flender, um, who was like a famous Broadway actress. And then his grandfather, I think, is Harold Flender, who is a filmmaker. Completely did not know that. Yeah, but again, I think he would have gotten. I think so where too. He is because without that because push. we were so shocked that he was yeah. a quote unquote nepo baby. I ju- I don't think that had anything to do with it. I also think there's a line between like are you trying to go into the same field that your parents right, did he, like he's not trying to be a broadway actor has he tried to be i don't think so i don't think so but like he's doing like film and he's doing like film yeah and his mom was on broadway yeah. so his it, dad, it's his just a, diff- a filmmaker but you know even like it's just a different also, i feel like so long as his like first breakout role was not a film made by his grandfather you know uh, like- absolutely yeah well then we also break into the area of like when do we start including siblings mm-hmm. and like cousins and extended family members into this nepo baby, nepo baby conversation 
Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's like a, that's like that's a, that's another weird. They're kind of different to me for some reason. Yeah, that's just, that's just another weird little like. Well, what does Brooklyn even do? Apparently, cook. Okay. In photography. Well, then slay. Yeah, like <laughs> like live your life, King. I mean, his dad's his dad's a soccer player, yeah, and he's and then just his mom whatever. Is posh Spice. Oh my God, his mom is yeah Iconic. Victoria Beckham, yeah. bro. Yeah. Imagine those being your parents. <laughs> I would love to be in that family. Oh, my God. Anyway. Anyways, back to what um, we were actually trying to talk but about. But, yes, siblings, like, Pauline Chalamet is currently in the sex lives, sex lives of College Girls, but it's Timothy Chalamet's sister. <laughs> so, yeah. like, what's the vibe? And then, obviously, Beanie Feldstein is Jonah Hill's sister. Mm-hmm. So. And one could argue that they are Nebo babies because his mother, their mother is a costumer, and their father, Jonah and Beanie's mom. Mm-hmm. She's like a um, famous costumer, and then you know what? And then their dad was the accountant for Guns and Roses. I actually knew that, and this is why because I it, knew it that. came out. At least for me, when yeah. I learned it, when Beanie was chosen to play Fanny Bryce. Interesting. I knew that because I don't know if you know this, but Beanie Feldstein and Ben Platt like went to high school together. I think I did know that, and they went to like an arts high school. Okay, and so I yeah. think it was just, like, Nepo Baby Central, Central. And anyone who had, like, ties to the industry just, like, went to that school. Uh, um, and so I isn't think... Isn't that the same school that Ansel Elgort went to? Probably, probably. but who cares about that man? <laughs> not giving him any clout. No. Um, Bleep his name. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, when do we get into that Central? But I think, again, it just comes down to, like, I wholeheartedly believe that Beanie and Pauline would be in the same position had they not had ties to their family. I've never seen anything that Pauline was in, so like I, she's iconic. Like I, 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 can't I love speak her. To that, but I love her in the sex. I mean, of, I was kind of, of shocked girls. to learn that Beanie Feldstein was Jonah Hill's sister, yeah. and like she had been in stuff before being announced as Fanny on Broadway. Like I, I was familiar with who she was. Yeah. So I, I also think because also like their parents are not like super right. industry people, right? Um, and then. If we're talking about like siblings, still like Elizabeth Olsen, mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. older sister is, of yes. the of Mary Kate and Ashley. Yep, crazy, crazy. Again, I know. Like, did she get into acting because of them? Like, did she decide to do it on her own? Let's check if she's older or younger. The Olsen twins are older. No way. Yes, Mary yeah. Kate and Ashley are thirty six, and Elizabeth is thirty four. Okay, so. Yeah, but I think they probably all just got into acting around the same and time, Ryan. and Mary Kate and Ashley were just more well known because they were twins, twins, and you know, a little bit more on lu- Full House, <laughs> yeah, a little absolute- more lucrative when you're twins. Yeah, in the absolutely. Um, but Elizabeth is wildly, wildly talented. talented. Oh, I, wildly! Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. was not discrediting her no. at all. Right. Also, I love her as a person. Yeah, she I know I said li- that I know like point two things about her. Yeah. I do. I do know like point two things about her. But I do like yeah. like watching her interviews and wildly talented other stuff she's been in. Besides, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then two ones that I learned today: Blake Lively's sister is Robin Lively. Another um, actress, apparently. Okay. So everyone was like, is she in that? But like, it does that kind of nepotism. But I feel like yeah. I don't really like if, if you came up to me, if, if I mm-hmm. was on an episode of Billy on the Street, yeah. and Billy Eichner came up to me sure. and said, name something Robin Lively has been in. I'd say, who? Who, who is Robin Lively? No, absolutely. <laughs> and I feel like also, I mean, Blake Lively is mother. The it girl. <laughs> the it the girl. it girl forever and ever. Absolutely. So, has, I'm not, has been my literal whole life. Yeah. And then- Thomas Brody Sangster is the is a cousin of Hugh Grant. I did know that, which I think is why I think that is the reason why Thomas Brody Sangster is in Love Actually. No, yeah, I did know that. That is giving Nepo Baby a little bit because a hundred percent because Hugh Grant a hundred Love Actually. Yeah, well, even like in all of Judd's older movies, Maude and Iris are are in in all of them. Yeah, (laughs) but like they were kids, kids, so like I don't. This whole conversation gets very muddy to me. It, to be, you are so right. To be so honest with you. Because, like, at what point do we just stop caring? caring? Like, yes, it is an interesting conversation because there's so many people in Hollywood have ties to other people in mm-hmm. Hollywood at this point. Like, that's the whole point is, like, you get into the industry because you know someone. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. But also, like... Nepotism doesn't only exist in Hollywood. No, it, I mean, it, it, exists it exists everywhere. Everywhere in our world. Yeah. You get connected with a job because of a family member that you know or a family friend that you know or you start working for your family business and you work your way up that way. Like, it exists in everything. Yeah. So, like, 
I understand the people who want to give credit where credit is due and make sure the people who are getting these roles and getting these things in the industry are getting them quote unquote fairly. Or like, I or guess. like or because they have because they have the, the chops, talent and they the have chops the, to yeah, do it. Versus, Absolutely. Oh Absolutely. shoot, I just did a movie with and Judd Apatow wrote part of it. Yeah. Fuck, I gotta give Maud a role in this or something. You know, yeah. like I mean, now I'm remembering. <laughs> I'm remembering when recently that Judd did where Maud was in it. Um the movie that Pete Davidson wrote, Maud played Pete oh. Davidson's sister and okay. Judd directed it. But I think, like I think it I think unfortunately for Maud, it is gonna be a little harder to escape those yeah. Nepo baby claims just because they have been in the spotlight a little bit both for her parents. both her parents going yeah. like going to when you have been seen on the red carpet since you were like a child, a child absolutely you're gonna have a much harder time fighting yeah. those claims than someone who like I agree like I said like someone whose parents are much much older yeah and people kind of forget the association I do or, I think she's breaking away from it a little bit oh after yes, after it, doing Euphoria and she's on Broadway right now like she's killing it oh yeah I love her I love her too I but, also yeah. think it's so difficult when you look exactly like, like your parents. parents like Maya Hawk is Uma Thurman's Twin. doppelganger like looks like Uma Thurman spit her out absolutely oh so, same with not 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 having this in a, in a Nepo baby conversation just famous people who now have children and mm-hmm. that look just like them Reese Witherspoon's daughter oh looks like God. she spit her out yeah. and uh, Brooke Shields is who I was trying to say oh. <laughs> Brooke Shields yes. oldest daughter yes. like whoop, spit her out sure yeah so that becomes difficult but also like I think it becomes a slippery slope for them to consistently acknowledge who their parents are because it does give you a look into the industry yeah. when you're on film sets from the time that you're a like tiny baby. Born. Yeah. So like obviously it puts it in your mind that oh this is something that I might want to do someday. It's not out of the ordinary for like people who no, if you grow for their par- up for their parents yeah. for you to do the same thing as your parents. Yeah, like if you kind of grow up in a family of doctors. That's what I mean. It happens like literally, literally all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. So like, like, why are we only getting mad that it's happening in Hollywood? I don't know. I think it becomes an a very I mean, muddy, messy, co- it a really messy does. conversation. And I, th- I think part of the um, problem, and I'm putting air quotes around that mm-hmm. with people disliking nepo babies and stuff like that, is I think sometimes acting and the industry can feel kind of like anyone's got a shot if you've got the talent and so when you know there are when you are kind of recognizing that like there are going to be hundreds of people you know submitting self-tapes and going through audition process and then oh we're choosing I keep picking on Maude Apatow (laughs) and I feel really bad we love you Maude we love you Maude I love you so much okay different Nepo baby um um Ben um, Platt Ben Platt and they go and choose Ben Platt. Yeah. Like, sure. Give, there's, there's, give the little guy a chance. Right. You know, there's but. always going to be that question about like, oh, like your parent is attached to this in some way. Like, is that why you're here? I don't know. Yeah. Who it's, can it's, say? It's a really interesting conversation to have. And again, also yeah. like with those degrees of separations, like when does it end? Right. <laughs> right. Right. When right. does it end? When? At, do, when? At, when do we decide to forget? When do we decide that? Yeah. Oh, it's unforgivable that you're a Nepo baby. Like, Which is like uh, kind of the treatment that Ben Platt's gotten. But he is, to quote one of my favorite Glee quotes, it may be difficult, but damn, can they sing. Like, And that's what I'm saying. Like, I've heard nothing but lovely things about Ben Platt as a person. So, like, until this time came where he was cast in the movie that his dad, like, directed and produced. Everyone was everyone kind of okay lo- with it. Everyone loved Ben yeah. Platt. Because I actually... I did not know Ben Platt was a Nepo yeah. baby before the movie. So it comes to a point where it's like, you would have been here regardless. So whatever. Yeah. Also, like, we're not we're not gonna like what are we gonna do? We're not gonna like kick you out of Hollywood. Black, like you're here. Blacklist you. Yeah, you're here. So we're not gonna like exactly, we're not gonna blacklist you for like who your parents are. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So it is what it is. It is what it is. But you know, it is fun to talk about. It because is. if there's one thing that we like to do, it's talk. And have our opinions, and that's what that's what we're here to do and at the end of the day. That is exactly what we're here to and just. We're here to talk, and we're here to go on rants about how much we love Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Drew, I love you. I actually love you so much. Let me work on your show. 
please let me please, work on your show. Drew Barrymore, if you're listening, and I know you are. Oh my god, I love her so much. I actually do. I could cry about how I much I love. Have Barrymore. you seen the YouTube video where she like goes back to the rehab that she was in when she was like 12, and like she goes back to her childhood no. home? Haley, you'll. I need her to write a book. Uh, Has she written a book? I, I hope. Need, I need her to write a book. I hope. Drew, right. I love you. We love anyway. you, Drew. Nepo babies. <laughs> With that being said, that was our episode today. Also, this is a very monumental moment. This is our last time in the podcasting studio for a while. Yeah. So bear with us next week while we, you know, try to figure out the the kinks of recording and everything like that, not in the studio, um, because we will both be go- going home for the summer. So yes. bear with us. And I will not, I'll be graduating. I will not be returning to this yeah, institution. That's true. That's so sad. That's but also true. like pretty excited. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely an exciting time. Excited not to live um, in my crusty little apartment anymore. Oh, I can't wait to move out. I'm moving out on Saturday. <laughs> oh, slay. I actually can't wait. Um. Anyway. Anyways. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.